Welcome to Revved Up for Sunday, a lectionary podcast from St. Mark's Episcopal Church in New Canaan, Connecticut. I'm John Kennedy. I'm Rob Schwartz. I'm Elizabeth Garnsey. And today we are, of course, continuing our journey through the gospel according to Matthew. And in today's passage, we have Jesus uh, first at his most quotable and then not so much afterwards. This is the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost, and our passage is Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 46. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question, What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How is it then that David, by the Spirit, calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I put your enemies under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer. Nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. Okay, so, you know, I was joking at the beginning about Jesus going from his most quotable to, I wouldn't say least quotable, because at least he's not talking about, you know, people getting thrown into outer darkness and so <laughs> on. But it's, it's a little obscure on, on mm-hmm. the surface, and you won't see that on a t-shirt where you might. I wouldn't. I'm, good, I'm going, hey, I'm that, going to that look. That is your t-shirt today. Listen, I mean, it doesn't get much more quotable than that. You were kind of hiding it. It was the easiest were t-shirt I could find. He doesn't want point. me to use it look. as my notes. Right. <laughs> For those um, listening, Rob is, is wearing a, a windbreaker or something over his t-shirt. So it's a little t-shirt about love your name. Yeah, listen, that's true. Yeah. yeah. He's going to break it out just the right moment. <laughs> very, very sharp like looking Superman. windbreaker. I, I yeah. should say, I feel like when I said windbreaker or something, it sounded like I didn't like it, but I, I didn't I, show I think, up in a track. I think suit. your jacket looks great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I, I mean, maybe we could just dispel, you know, the mysteries around the yes. second half first. Um, oh sure. Why not? I mean, I don't know, not necessarily, but I feel like it's, it's the least, um, uh, well, anyway, it doesn't have as Let's do it. much, yeah. you know, crowd appeal as this first half, but more so it's, as you said, it's obscure. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I read that helps me with this passage is simply that this was Jesus kind of exposing how these supposed teachers of Israel, um, couldn't answer the, a basic biz- biblical question. Mm. They just couldn't really come up with an answer because their interpretation, or he's s- doing something to show how literal they are with their scriptures or how um, limited and small they sense that or their idea of a Messiah might mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. So he's offering them this flummoxing psalm, you know, Psalm 110, which as it happens is the most quotable, quoted 
scripture in all of the New Testament because this idea of the Lord said mm-hmm. to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet um, was understood post-resurrection in a whole new way. Yeah. So for New Testament, you know, for followers of, of Jesus in this early stage and in the Methian community, um, they saw this to be, you know, Jesus as this Messiah who could uh, could clearly be the son of David and the son of God at the same time. That's right. But yeah. for the Pharisees or Sadducees or people of Jesus' contemporary time, first century Judaism, um, it was more of a, um, you know, a much more complicated text to interpret, mm-hmm. you know, because how could it coexist that the son of David David would call his Lord. And so, I mean, there was something about how it was more of a test than it is the content of the the scripture in this context. Mm. But I just offer that up as one way to kind of, this was Jesus doing a, having a a device, a rhetorical device to put them, shut them down. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is, this brings us to the end of the confrontation between the Pharisees and Jesus. Next step, trial, right? And there's, Mm -hmm. there he's silent. Mm -hmm. Well, and they've been testing him like over and I mean, this has been multiple tests. The last several, last couple of episodes we've done now have been different tests that they've kind of been, you know, putting Jesus up to Mm -hmm. from kind of different groups of his opponents. So like one fails and then the next says, okay, let me have a crack at this guy. Um, And even, even since last time we skipped uh, a test about resurrection, a test concerning the law. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're we're even breezing over some of the things that uh, in the lectionary that, that he's already been tested by. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is interesting to see it kind of come to a stop here. And it's like, like you said, they're so focused on um, the specifics Mm -hmm. of, of, you know, what the, the scripture says and everything that they kind of miss the, um, the principles behind a lot of it. And I think that's mm-hmm. where, especially mm-hmm. the first part, uh, mm-hmm. really comes into play. He's like, you're so focused on, right. on the law, you're missing what it's really trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and the next passage, he turns to the crowds and he <laughs> says, do as they say, not as they do. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It, it is really interesting to see this, uh, this, this, one test that Jesus offers after his testing and before his um, trial, if not really testing, but his, his of course, trial or, or mock trial before he is, before he is put to death. Mm-hmm. Um, I see are also, um, obviously, some Christological commentary. Oh, Matthew, yeah, absolutely. Matthew's gospel certainly has Christology in mind. That, that, again, this question of who is Jesus in relation to God, essentially, mm-hmm. um, that um, certainly... Uh, you know, the Gospel of Matthew has in mind a Messiah, has in view Jesus as a Messiah, who is not merely the fulfillment, the human fulfillment of um, the expectations of of many of the people of Israel. Um, That would be, you know, a great king, perhaps a warrior king, um, one who would be uh, the fulfillment of of the promises made to David. Uh, He would be all that, but something more. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is all that, but something more. He is the son of the living God as uh, Peter confesses back in mm-hmm. chapter 16. So I think that's going on here as well. Um, and you see that the Pharisees are not, you know, on this page perhaps. Uh, and that perhaps Jesus, you know, I, I wonder if, if this is any connection to what we see in the Gospel of John, uh, which mm-hmm. uh, does not stress the, the Son of David title yeah. and idea mm-hmm. of the Messiah. Uh, the only time I think that it comes up in John is... Um, when people are, this is chapter seven, people are saying, some people are saying, this is the Messiah, Jesus is the Messiah. But then some say, surely the Messiah does not come from Galilee, does he? 
Has not the scripture said that the Messiah is descended from David and comes from Bethlehem? Mm-hmm. So in the Gospel of John, you don't get anything about Jesus being born right. in Bethlehem. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. He's from Nazareth in Galilee, which is sort of a problem for the son of David. Yeah. It's fixed in Matthew. I'm not saying it's fabricated, but it's addressed yeah. in Matthew mm-hmm. by uh, having Jesus born in Bethlehem um, and uh, and then later moving to Nazareth because they go aw- go down to Egypt to escape the persecution of, of Herod, searching out uh, this newborn Messiah so we can kill him. They go from Bethlehem to Egypt and then settle in Nazareth. In Luke, they have Jesus born in Bethlehem because uh, the census has mm-hmm. all people go to their ancestral city, right. which right. would put right. you know, Jesus David. in the city of David. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus did not grow up there. Right. And John doesn't seem to have any knowledge of mm-hmm. Jesus, doesn't indicate any knowledge it of Jesus being. It says that he's being, Joseph's son, yes, sort of in right, Luke, right? Right, so yeah. Son of, line of David. So I wonder if that's in the mix here, too, people mm-hmm. saying, this guy's from Nazareth. How can he be the son of David? <laughs> and Jesus is saying, uh, maybe Jesus is saying here, that, that doesn't really matter, and that's not really um, mm-hmm. the germane uh, uh, matter mm-hmm. when considering mm-hmm. um, whether or not I am the Messiah and who the Messiah really is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, in Matthew, also, we get Jesus saying early on, I don't think that I've come to abolish the mm-hmm. law, but to fulfill, yeah. or the law and the prophets, but to fulfill the law. And so here, you know, I think throughout Matthew, Matthew makes this case that Jesus is the fulfillment of everything. So, yes. so he's also the fulfillment of this, the yes, son of David. Definitely. And it's emphatic that he's the son of David in that line. And he's also the son of God, and they can't possibly fathom yeah. how this this would work but um so i i think it's fitting here that jesus brings this psalm forward in the new light yeah and and it's i mean who knows if he understands himself to be the messiah at this i mean it, it seems like of course he does yeah i i mean peter's but, confessed him as as such yeah, yeah so he he does but he but in terms of interacting with the pharisees he's, right. he's showing how they they don't have a big enough imagination to yeah include this possibility so it's yeah. really interesting and like we've said he knows his audience he knows these are people who know their scriptures and all that and so he's yeah you know, oh yeah or should know yeah <laughs> they, they know should. it so well and they, they yeah. silences them right. he's incredibly right. astute yeah right right i mean this is a lawyer who's questioning him which does not mean like a jd it means somebody <laughs> who's an expert in the mosaic law specifically mm-hmm. but, exactly. but the scriptures generally um so you mentioned jesus being the fulfillment of of the law and and the prophets and uh, in the first part of this uh, passage, Jesus talks about two commandments that uh, fulf- or mm-hmm. on which hang all the law and the prophets. Yeah. So should we pivot sure, to, yeah. to part great. one? So Rob, this is sort of your t-shirt. Yeah, what, yeah. What, what do you well, have? I'll get to the t-shirt in a little bit. But one of the things I love about that, so for some reason, mm-hmm. every time I, I read uh, this passage um, where, where Jesus kind of basically, you know, they, they test him, they say, uh, what's the greatest commandment? And and they're waiting to trip him up, but again mm-hmm. he finds his way and says the first is you know basically honor God and honor your neighbor mm-hmm. or love God and love your neighbor and whittles them down to two. And I always think of George Carlin who has an amazing uh, bit on the the Ten Commandments, but basically by the end of it he starts tweaking them all to the point where he goes <laughs> and we're down to two commandments. Moses could have carried them down the mountain in his pocket, and I wouldn't <laughs> mind people putting them up on the courthouse wall. And th- th- he goes on this whole long you know tirade about it but it's hilarious and I always think of I mean those two basically do sum up all the time you know like mm-hmm. the commandments right there mm-hmm. too when you're getting to that oh yeah absolutely. Um, but I think 
love is one of the, the key things here because there's all different kinds of love mm-hmm. that we hear about uh, throughout Scripture. And, um, and this really being um, agape love, and it's not a passive love. Like, um, you know, like when we, when we use 1 Corinthians and uh, a lot of wedding ceremonies and things like that, mm-hmm. and because it talks about love and love is this, love is that, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily romantic love, um, mm-hmm. and it's a, not a passive love. It's a self-giving love, um, you know, that we're kind of pouring out for others. Right. And, um, and so when he talks about loving your neighbor, um, it's not just saying, well, this is how I feel about him. It's like, what are you willing to do for your neighbor? Mm-hmm. Um, that's mm-hmm. what I really get from it. So that's why I wore the shirt. So now I'll get to the shirt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the shirt does say, love thy neighbor. But then it says, thy immigrant neighbor, thy black neighbor, thy atheist neighbor, thy Muslim neighbor, thy depressed neighbor, thy Asian neighbor, thy LGBTQIA neighbor, thy disabled neighbor, thy indigenous neighbor, thy Jewish neighbor, thy political neighbor, thy elderly neighbor, thy homeless neighbor, thy Latino neighbor, thy addicted neighbor, thy millennial neighbor, thy fill-in-the-blank mm-hmm. neighbor. And it's basically just saying, um, you know, all these people are your neighbors, not yeah. just the people like you, those different than you. Mm-hmm. And what are you willing to do for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they ask for one commandment, and he gives them two. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, what's, I think, extraordinary about that, something that we now have come to hear as sort of a, almost, not, not the cliche is the wrong word, but axiomatic, or, you know, just something that's so, love, love, your na- love God and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, we hear it as sort of a quick um, response now because it's so familiar, familiar to us. But the idea that Jesus would draw these two out uh, and connect them inextricably, mm-hmm. yeah. um, he's really saying that you can't have one without the other. Yeah. And he's really showing, I mean, this is the third, his third great reply in mm-hmm. the temple to this question yeah. that came long ago, by what authority are you doing these things? Mm-hmm. First, they test him on, do we pay our taxes or not to Caesar? And he, you know, he gives this incredible response that completely uh, disassociates God with any kind mm-hmm. of, um, earthly authority yeah. Yeah. and that God really doesn't have, he's not in rivalry with our kings and princes, but so far above, so far, um, you know, our loyalty so much more to God that it almost doesn't matter about, we, of course we pay our taxes. If, if we stay in communion with God, we mm-hmm. will do the right thing for our neighbor and blah, blah, blah. So all yeah. that. Yeah. Second, uh, second, uh, challenge we don't really read because we skip over it in our lectionary but Jesus um, is the Sadducees ask him about divorce and right. you know yes. makes this complicated case mm-hmm. and there he he again like separates God from any of our human kind of relational I mean he he op- Jesus somehow opens this way for us to work out what's good and bad for us in our relationships and and we they always have to be related back to to God. Mm-hmm. But um, he, in other words, he breaks down their kind of legalism. Mm. And this third thing, he's drawing out Deuteronomy and Joshua to, to mm-hmm. I mean, Joshua's where it says, love your neighbor. Um, and he's drawing these two together and basically saying, if you love your neighbor, then you love God. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, James Allison called that an anthropological revolution. <laughs> wow. Because before this, you know, 
yeah. the the pious could stay separate and be pure and mm-hmm. not touch right. the dirty, and they yeah. were showing their righteousness and you know keeping to those pure purity yeah. codes. But for for Jesus to to love God is to love the neighbor, mm. and you know if it, he's showing that there really should never be an outside mm-hmm. other, yeah. and he's inviting us to always expand our notion of who mm-hmm. our neighbor is and. Why thereby widen our love for God? Mm-hmm. So it's it's so radical in the more in the moment, and now it's so familiar to us, and it's so wise. It's so kind of for all time now mm-hmm. known to us, but um, it's the highest challenge I think we have. You know, we simply just can't honor God if we're not taking into consideration consequences of our actions towards yeah. others. Well, and if you see God and. Once you see, once you learn to see God and every other living thing, it's like, how can you possibly right. treat them, you know, horribly yeah. or something like that? Like, wow, yeah. Because what you're doing to them is what you're doing to God, and that's like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, it really makes you think. I know, yeah, it's extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if Jesus put these together in part because he observed, as you were already really commenting on, that. Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, you know, the chief priests mm-hmm. um, might have been devoted to God in their own way, but mm-hmm. didn't really love their neighbor. Not to their mm-hmm. neighbors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though that's in the scriptures, it's it's not, mm-hmm. a, as you said, Jesus is pulling together two different texts here, fairly disparate texts. They're both, um, yeah. uh, you know, from the same general part of the Bible, but um, they, they, uh, they're not right next to each other. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so this this love your God thing is is from Deuteronomy and is is the you know, a central text in, in Judaism mm-hmm. and in Jewish Jewish liturgy, um, and then then he puts love to, love your neighbor next to it and and yeah I, I I'm thinking that that maybe it was because he saw that they were not mm-hmm. they were not loving their neighbor. This becomes more clear in Luke the Luke in parallel to this where the same sort of exchange happens uh, as the setup for the parable of the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh right, which is yeah. I think perhaps the ultimate teaching in the scriptures about how um, the definition of neighbor knows no bounds mm-hmm. um, because the Samaritans were sort of the, the vilified other. Um, certainly not on the level of, of um, modern-day Palestinian and Israeli, but if you think about that, you're, it might sort of get you in the right direction. That there's people who live near each other and very often hated each other. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying that the Samaritan is your neighbor. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and, and just, uh, you know, it mentions it in Leviticus, the, the love your neighbor as yourself. And just shortly after that is where you get the um, love the alien or love the strange, you know, for right. you were once uh, aliens in, e- in Egypt and all that. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's, again, getting at that uh, someone other than yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to sort of dispel us from having strangers in exactly. our minds. There's yeah. no such thing as an other yeah. when we're... you know and also i think what part of the test here that they think they're putting before jesus is the idea that in uh in the tradition it was considered sort of blasphemy or sacrilege to rank the commandments one above another Mm. that they were meant to be all equally important Mm. before god and so they were going to try to trip jesus by selecting commandments that would be better than others and so he just goes right for it. It's yeah. such a mic drop moment. It is. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's wow. revolutionary nature is, is really, I think, 
made all the more clear uh, today when there is obviously uh, a war going on as we speak that is in no small part animated by religious difference. Oh, yeah. Um, where, um, you know, um, to the extent that, that religion is, is contributing to the violence, um, the, the perpetrator's religiosity does not, does not get this or does not accept this, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is, it is not the, um, certainly it's not the attitude of, of religious extremists and fundamentalists, really of any stripe, of any religion, um, because this sort of turns that whole game of um, identifying oneself as righteous and as part of the righteous group, which is necessarily defined in contrast to everybody else who's outside that group. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what religious extremism runs on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, can't, you can't really be a religious mm-hmm. extremist who really practices this. And mm-hmm. so Jesus is really, um, uh, you know, shifting the paradigm. Yeah. I as mean, he, he, as he so often you can be does. an extremist of love. Yes, you can. Yes. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the, the yeah. Jesus is trying to show. He is definitely <laughs> an extremist of love. I mean, yeah. love your neighbor, you know, Embrace do the... good to, to those who hate you. Yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. radical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. So this, I think this summarize, you know, he, after the Sermon on the Mount, he had the summary of the golden rule, mm-hmm. you know, do unto others right. as you would have them yep. do unto you. And here it's the summary not only of all the law and the prophets, but also of all Jesus's life and teaching yeah. um, embodied in himself. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, this has been a great conversation, obviously. So much more we, we can say about this, and it's hard to stop, but I think we will stop for today. So thank you for listening. And uh, please leave us a voicemail if you're so inclined. Our number is 203-442-5002. That's 203-442-5002. You can leave us a voicemail. We love knowing who you are out there. and We love knowing that you're listening and what you think. So, so please give us a call and like, comment, subscribe, and we will see you next time.